not my fault You've been lying saying that I took away your peace Drowning by yourself, now you wanna blame me Like you have no options I take your options Now I'm not the problem Man, that's on you, You've been terrorizing me, yeah, I'm always wrong I knew you lost your mind when you dropped that bomb Girl, are you crazy? Yeah, you must be crazy I've been thinking lately, baby, it's you You stole your peace, put it on me Hello, 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 everyone. I am so excited that you have decided to spend your Friday evening chatting with me, CMO, your host of What's Really Going On, and my special guest by popular demand, Ms. Mallory Jenna Robinson. Before we start chatting, I want to thank the Healing Through Hurt Network, but now let's get into it. 
But before we do, just in case you didn't hear the first episode that Mallory was on, let me give you a little background information on Mallory. Her name is Mallory Jenna Robinson, and she was born in January 1990 as a little boy to teenage parents, the second of their five sons. This story is about transpiration and transformation. Her parents always described her as their delicate child. One of the five sons that was very feminine, soft-spoken, and never into the masculine things like her older brother or younger brothers. To her parents' credit, they always respected femininity in her expression of being girly or delicate. And without further ado, I want to introduce Mallory Jenna Robinson once more. Hi. Mallory. Hey, Mallory. Hello. How is everyone? (laughs) How have you been? I'm good. Just staying, you know, active and productive during this COVID-19, but I'm hanging in there. How are you, sis? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm excited to have you back. And you know, now you know this, I said by popular demand. So, you know, everybody's <laughs> excited that you're back. Um, I'm excited to be back. And so I know a lot has gone on since the last time you were on. So you want to tell us a little bit about what you've been what you've been doing since? Because that's been almost, I, I think, a month ago now. I know. I'm telling you, it's constantly going by so fast. Um, you know, just really, you know, like I mentioned in the last episode, I'm the engagement specialist and service navigator for trans health here at the LGBTQ Center in Long Beach, California. And so we've just been really, really active with trying to make sure that we reach out to our community, um, our members who are trans and non-binary, and just let them know that we're here for them. So we've been doing, like, delivery services of essential items and just trying to get funding for our um, gift card program where we can help individuals who need essential items to get a digital gift card. So just pretty much all of those things is what I've been doing just out there in the front line, just doing what I can to help you know, the community in this difficult time, especially now that L.A. County has been extended for three more months. Oh, well, I didn't realize they extended it out. So you guys are kind of like working from, um, you're still working from home, correct? I'm working now, remotely, you... and then I occasionally go into the center to, you know, like make sure I collect items to go do the deliveries and everything, but... I'm telling you, sis, it is so rewarding. But, I mean, yeah, they extended the stay-at-home ban uh, ban for three more months. So I'm just like, um, I know a lot of my clients have been struggling with that, especially because of the line of work and things that they do. So just not being able to get back to work and being productive. But I'm happy that we can do what we can, which is, you know, getting what we have donated and stuff like that out to them just to provide any kind of service, um, you know. So it definitely warms my heart uh, to know that I can at least do something um, during this time. Well, that is awesome. That is awesome. Thank um, and yeah. I know you. <laughs> I know you got to, um, to visit home recently, too, and I'm sad we didn't get to sit down, and, but, you know, with everything going on, I understand. But how was your visit home and how was your mom and all that? Yeah, thank you, sis, for asking. Um, the visit, I went back home to Montgomery, Alabama um, to visit my family, um, especially my mom for Mother's Day. She hadn't been feeling well 
um, probably um, about three weeks ago, and so she's slowly but surely getting better. But I just I felt like in my heart of hearts, like I had to just get to Alabama and be there and see for myself. And it was really a great visit. Um, I just got back to California a couple of days ago. Um, the flights are definitely like make sure you're wearing a mask. Um, eat, you know, to and from your destination. So um, definitely those flight uh, restrictions are there, and it's good, but um, definitely flying home was a little different this time around. But I'm so happy I got to go and see everybody, and it was a good visit, and my mom's feeling better. And, you know, it's, it's just really great. Um, you know, a lot of people say her and I look just alike. People will quote, unquote, say, oh, twins. Uh, through and through, so I think knowledge we look like, but have very similar bubbly personalities. So um, I just can't imagine doing all this without her. So I definitely wanted to be there to support, but she's doing a lot better. Thank you so much for asking. Yeah, um, and that's that's a that's a great thing, and I did see some pictures that she that I posted on on uh, <laughs> Facebook. So I was I was looking because did you remember when you called? I was like, we need to get together. But I know you had to, <laughs> <laughs> you had to do your thing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to get to, out to Florida, to you know, definitely out that way. Uh, you know, I, I'm definitely looking forward to coming out there. Everyone's been like, my Florida people are like, okay, next time you're on this side of the coast, you know, make sure you, you come down to Florida. So, you know, y'all are on my to-do list of just getting together with everybody and, seeing everyone because it's been too long. Well, it seems like I need to come out there to Long Beach because I, you know, I was reading, I was going over your original bio again, and I'm looking at it, and it's talking about you done been to the Grammy Awards, <laughs> and, and you know, you done been, you done been in short movies, and you done, tell us, tell us about all that stuff, and you did something with PlayStation, a diversity, uh, was it a diversity course? I, I, yeah. I'm about all this. Okay, girl, you know, it's, okay, so, you know, I moved to California on June 12th of 2019, Um, and I, I I mean, it's still unbelievable with just how things have changed so much uh, in a short period of time. I mean, it went from, I initially moved out here to teach uh, middle school science, and I just found myself feeling like I was not owning my truth, as I mentioned in the last episode. And it really prompted me to want to do more, especially within my community. Um, And before I knew it, the job at the center became available. And I swear, since I've taken the job at the center, which has now been 10 months, I'm like, wow. Um, You know, I just feel like my life has continued to improve in terms of where I see myself and see my future. Um, I've met amazing people and have had amazing experiences. And one of those um, experiences has been going to the Grammy Awards um, before COVID-19 hit. Um, it was definitely bittersweet, um, you know, the, the bitter part being that Kobe and his daughter um, passed on that same day. Uh, but then, of course, it was a very sweet moment, too, to be able to see the performances up close. And um, it was really amazing. I had such a great time. Um, and so I'm just still in disbelief about that. Um, and then we did a diversity training because um, one of the things that I do is I also go around and give diversity trainings um, to organizations about trans 
rights and trans health and trans competency. And so I go around and I do that, and it's been really good um, to, to do those type of trainings. And one of the favorite ones for sure was PlayStation, Sony PlayStation. Um, they had a diversity kind of like uh, trans 101 um, competency, and I did that. And uh, we're actually getting ready to do the second training uh, within the next month, so getting ready for that. But it's just um, we just did our Pride at Home event um starting um, so many different programs that we can at the center. Uh, I, I mean, it's just been a whirlwind. I mean, you know, I've met, like, the mayor of Long Beach. I've met the, the um, oh, my goodness, I can't think of her title, but she's basically the primary doctor, uh, especially with everything that's going on COVID-19. She's the one that, like, people are reaching out to to kind of get the, the expert advice. And I just continue to, like, meet all these great people uh, within the community since taking this job. And I'm just like, I haven't even been here a year yet. And I'm just like, oh, what up to the Grammys of the, the diversity training? And one of my good friends who I work with at the center, um, he, told, he told me when he met me, he said, he said, I'm telling you, your life is going to change for the better. And he said, you are bound to do great things. Um, and I, I was just like, you know, I'm just a little me, but it's, it's nice to be acknowledged and it's nice to to be welcomed in this in this beloved city of Long Beach, which is, you know, kind of like a little, I don't want to say a suburb because it's its own entity, but it's not too far from right. L.A. I'm near the beach. I mean, I, I, I love, like I told you last time, this is my forever home. So it's been really good. It's, I, I still... I and the reason I know is because you're the way you post because you know we would always kind of follow each other on social social media and I would get on you hey Mallory stop stop doing that and you know yes. how it is. Um, yes. but I noticed you know all your posts were you know bright and happy and you know you were posting the pictures and I was like oh she on movie set she's showing out. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then and then when you um, when you got back, I know when you got back to Long Beach last night, um, I had sex. I said, "Oh, she never returned my call. She out in them streets being grown." But <laughs> girl, <laughs> see, well, you know, and then also, you know, last time since we talked, uh, I've met someone sis. Okay. <laughs> See, that's, I knew it. See, I knew it. You didn't even have to tell me. I knew you it. Know me so I knew well. it. I said, wait a minute now. I, I, I'm calling the phone. Wait, let me call again. And then she, she going to come like, oh, sis, I'm so sorry. I thought, <laughs> you have to quit. <laughs> I was like, I was like low-key tired, but yes, um, my my new boo picked me up from the airport, and uh, yeah, you know it was nice to be able to just kind of hang out. It's going really okay, well. Why haven't I seen a picture or something? <laughs> I'm gonna have to send you a picture, sis. He, uh, I mean, he's really sweet. Uh, I mean, we just really click. We have a lot in common. Um, it came oh, out of nowhere, you know. Um, I just it's still relatively new. It's been a month. Um, yeah, so since the last time I talked to you, probably right after that, it just kind of came out. I know it's like, it's still relatively new. So I haven't made like anything 
um, social media official yet, but definitely just enjoying okay. company and getting to know him. But these are the things that I'm still in disbelief about. Like, sis, I can't believe that. I mean, I always wanted to live in LA since I can remember. And I, you know, like I told you last time, I came as a tourist and I felt this pool then, but I knew last year, like, it was now or never. And I kept thinking when I first got here, um, I don't think I ever told you this story. I can't remember if I did or not. So if I did, I, forgive me. But uh, when my dad and I were coming to L.A. in the moving truck, I don't know if I told you that the tire blew out. And, right. um, and girl, I remember sitting there. We had to wait for the, you know, the, the tow truck and everything. And this was right before we got into L.A. And I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, gosh, it's, you know, is this some kind of symbol of, of what to come, you know, but it, it hasn't been that way. It's been really good. And I just really thought, feel like I've found my purpose with the center. I found my place here in Long Beach because LA is so big. So there's so many places that you can move to. Um, and initially when I moved here, I was more in the San Fernando Valley um, near Burbank where the, um, the production companies and stuff are, but I didn't feel quite connected there but when I got to Long Beach particularly I found myself just really connected here so it's nice to be coming into my own here professionally and personally um, you know with the friendships I've built and the other relationships so sis yeah I have no regrets like you said you can see like how far I've come from when I was very down and I was very depressed about you know, my my um, pending divorce at that time and just all yeah. of those circumstances to, like, now where I needed these past two years to really rediscover who I am. And it's been really great and finding the confidence to move across the country, not knowing, not really having anyone here, um, really just being here by myself. And initially I was like, I probably won't make it past six months. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> But, but you, I but you know what? Through. Right. But like I said, when I when I first saw you and you got there and you, I think you were you you might have you might have posted some pictures about your new place. I could just tell in the way you were talking that you really really liked you you were enjoying where you were, um, oh. as opposed to when I think you were in Jacksonville at one point, right? Mm-hmm. You were in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was totally exactly. different. Like the vibe, you know what I mean? The vibe that you were giving us was totally different. So. I'm glad. But um, I have a question now. Now, yes. congratulations on that new guy that kept you from um, answering my call last night. But... <laughs> Hi, that's right. Call me out shortly. Call me out fast. But I, I got to know this now. How did y'all meet? That's what I want to know. Yes. So, okay. So, you know, I'm so busy a lot of the times. I don't really get a chance to go out, especially now with COVID, too. So you can't really go out. So, of course, things have been um, a lot of more digitally online. So uh, yeah. what happened was on my uh, my online dating profile, it gives you an option to, like, connect via social media. And so, like, particularly Snapchat. And so I put right. my Snapchat on there um, as a way to connect outside of the dating app. Um, I felt like that, you know, would be fine as opposed to, like, giving out Facebook and Instagram information. I was like, Snapchat, you know. For me, I felt like it was okay, and so it was on there. And I get this friend request uh, from this guy, and 
he accepted it and he messaged me and he said that he had seen my profile for the past couple of months and, you know, was always thought I was pretty and, you know, had this like crush, but finally got up the courage to, to reach out to me and, um, and, and, you know, we like went out on a very social distancing date <laughs> to the beach um, and blanket six feet apart with our masks. And uh, just really clicked, you know, just really clicked regarding similar interests and paths and what the future looks like for each of us. And it's been really great. He's, um, I'm 30, so he's 38. And so okay. he's, a, he's a few years older, but I like that he, you know, has, um, has that, that, that kind of, that maturity in him that I haven't seen in a long time, um, he's been very transparent and open about who he is and what his life is, and it's been really rewarding. Um, like I said, still very new, but, you know, I have not had any, you know, red flags or concerns. It's just really nice to kind of be able to connect with someone and not have to ask them to communicate or ask them to be sincere. It's just nice to be able to, like, what you see is what you get kind of type of situation, which is what I'm not used to because I tend to get wolves in sheep's clothing. <laughs> so right. I'm always like, oh, you know, we'll see how this goes. But it's been a very different vibe with him, um, which was always one of my concerns because, you know, when we talked last time about my divorce and everything, I remember I think I shared that um, what my ex-husband said about just being, you know, you know, screwable and not lovable as a black trans woman and working on taking away that negative connotation and embracing who I am as a black trans woman and knowing that I'm worthy of love, um, true, meaningful, unconditional love. And so I'm taking that power back within me and it's been really great. And it's been nice to have someone to, you know, just really embrace me and want to get to know me and not where it's just even like it's something casual and a committal and it's just physical. It's really nice to just have someone that you can have conversations with and, and really get to know. So it's been really refreshing. Right. And I'm I'm glad for you because I can remember um, you saying too in the past in your relationships that, you know, guys always wanted you to kind of hide who you were um, from mm-hmm. their families. And so that's, I know that's, that's, a, that's a great feeling that you don't have to do that. Um, with him. Oh, it feels so nice. It feels so nice. And I just think that goes a lot with, you know, growth and maturity because, you know, I was, you know, 10 years ago, I was in my 20s and I was dating and and I just felt like I don't want to make those same decisions going into my 30s. I want to make sure that I meet someone that um, it's going to go somewhere for real. And so um, I'm not really in a place to be playing games you know, not only with such a, a, a very demanding career um, in nonprofit with working with the community, but then also just being busy in general, um, I really don't have the, the room to just be like, you know, okay, we can just play games. You know, like I'm just not with that right. in 2020. So, and you know, just making that clear and just really stating what I will and will not accept and deal with. Um, having those conversations, having a voice that I didn't have before because right. I was very passive in that way. So, you know, like I would be like, 
sure, dear, whatever you want, however you want to do things, as long as it makes you happy, as long as it makes you stick around. And I realized that that wasn't good for me and it wasn't good for the relationship. And so stating, you know, what I will and will not accept early on, uh, I think has been really helpful with me. That is that is really cool. I'm I'm really happy happy for you. Um, Thank you. Look, because I'm about to say, look, I'm a, look, I'm about to say we've been through a lot. <laughs> like it's me too. We've been through a lot. <laughs> but yes, um, I'm yes. really happy that, and um, and I'm just so so. And I know you you did a couple of like Instagram was it Instagram live shows or mm-hmm. what was that? Oh, so I know. What can I tell you? It has been. I, it seems like you kind of started this wave of wanting to know more about Mallory. And before I knew it, it was like literally right after, um, you know, what's going on, what's really going on. When you did this episode, I've had like people within the community because I, you know, I shared what we were going to be doing. And, uh, you know, I I think people had a chance to hear my story, hear what I do, um, and they forward it along to other people because before I knew it, like, people were like, we would love to have you um, speak about who you are and what you're doing at the center. So there's been this increased demand for wanting me to do presentations, for me to do interviews. So I did – Probably a week after uh, we did the podcast, I did an Instagram live um, with an organization called Trans Connections. Um, they're based uh, in kind of more center LA, a little bit um, Baldwin Hills area. And so we did like a um, Instagram live. And so that was really great. I um, got to, you know, talk about who I am and what I do at the center. Um, I was also a judge for um, the first annual trans male ball. Um, so I was really mm-hmm. excited to be part of that. And um, just we did a national transgender HIV testing day panel about a month ago as well with some big names here between Orange County and LA. Um, so it's been really great. I'm getting ready to work on a kind of um, partnership with a trans dating app called Fiori. Um, so excited about that. Um, just really just, it's just been this kind of whirlwind of, you know, I, I'm, I'm constantly double checking my calendar <laughs> to make sure, you know, I'm not um, double booking or, you know, um, but it, it's been really amazing. It's been really fulfilling. I don't know if this is my 15 minutes of fame or whatever that looks like, but I am just, very humble, first and foremost. You know, I'm still the same girl that goes to Walmart. I'm still the same girl that, you know, right. uh, drives her <laughs> stuff around. So, you know, it's really great to just, I, I'm definitely not losing who I am in this. If anything, the biggest goal for me has been to just share my truth. You know, like I told you, stand in my truth, share my truth, um, and just really be as humble and sincere as possible. And so it's really great that your that your that your audience members uh, liked me. Uh, you know, I've always been sort of a people pleaser, so it's nice to hear that I was well received. Um, and by popular demand, I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> 
you know, that was like, the so nice. Bob popular, popular demand. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just been so amazing. So I, I always, the first thing, like I said, I cannot say it enough. Thank you all. Um, for having me. Thank you, Charlotte, and your amazing producers um, for sharing my story, for caring enough to know more about trans people and trans issues and trans journeys. It's it's so important um, to really highlight who we are and what we've been through, and I just cannot say enough how grateful I am to be able to have this platform as one of the many platforms to be able to just you know, share my gender journey. And I know you all learned some cool terms last time, uh, you know, like cisgendered and all of those things. So, you know, again, yeah, you, that is that is what these conversations are about. You you got to refresh. You got to refresh. I know Dr. C, <laughs> the producer, she probably remembers, but I, let me see. <laughs> Am I giving you a pop quiz right now? You, you have to, you got to refresh. You got to refresh and I got to, where my notes at? Come on, come on, sis. Yes. So, you know, so there's transgender and cisgender and transgender. So what was really a lot of the feedback in our community was trans individuals particularly were feeling othered. So, for example, like I would describe myself as a transgender woman. And so a lot of trans people were like, well, why can't, we just be women? Why can't we just be men? Why can't we just be non-binary? Why is it that there has to be um, this term trans in front of it? So it made individuals in the community feel like they were othered, like they were other than, you know, a woman or other than a man. So mm-hmm. what we looked up was um, what does it mean to be born biologically um, your sex and then still having this internal truth of who your gender is, which is still the same sex that you were born. And that was defined as cis, C-I-S, um, the prefix. Yeah. And so, for example, so Charlotte, in your case, you would be described as a cisgender female, someone who was born female and then still um, holds that truth to this day um, as female, um, as opposed to myself where I would be a trans female where I was born male um, my sex was male at birth, and then I, my gender, my my internal truth was female. Um, so that is the that is, and so it, that way it just takes away from there being woman and trans woman. It just becomes trans woman and cis woman. So there's prefixes in front of both, as opposed to just initially it was just you know trans women, trans men. You know they they were their own kind of other category. It just kind of gives an equal balance. And that's been really helpful. And so that's one of the things that we talk about in our training. And so what, what other um, what other, other things do you uh, cover when you're doing your – because I know you said one train is the, it's the trans 101. So is this some of the yes. stuff that you do in trans? Okay. And so what else do you cover in that, in that training? Well, we cover things such as the importance of pronouns and how to introduce yourself, uh, especially when working with trans clients, trans colleagues, um, you know, even in, and you know, in our case, especially when I was a teacher and you've been a teacher as well, is working even with trans children, with our youth, and how to make them 
feel affirming and how to have them feel that they're in a space that's affirming. So one of the things that we do is uh, introduce ourselves and we state our pronouns. So, for example, if I was, you know, coming to the set in person, sitting down, doing a camera interview with you all, one of the first things I would do is say, hi, my name is Mallory Jenner Robinson. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And that's just me letting you all know the best pronouns to use for me. And it's just a way to, you know, really show that you're being affirming and respectful of someone who is transgender and how important its pronouns are for us, um, especially because a lot of times we can be misgendered. And right. that can be really what we call triggering. So it can be um, a trigger that could be somewhat traumatic and really detrimental to our emotional and psychological health, especially when it comes to being misgendered. So being able to use those pronouns correctly um, for anyone, but especially someone who's transgender, is really helpful in our gender journey. Um, so that's one of the things that we go over in our trainings is how to be, you know, um, as affirming as possible by using our pronouns correctly and by introducing ourselves with our pronouns. And it just makes other people safe and more comfortable with doing that. And you wouldn't believe, like, how many times we have people who be like, huh? <laughs> you know, they're over here looking like, what are we doing? And I'm like, no, like, try to practicing that because you just never know what that type of statement does for someone who's trans and who's especially in the beginning of their journey or who could be in their journey like myself, uh, which I celebrated 14 years. In my gender journey, um, this past about three weeks ago on April 28th, and so even though I didn't get to do like a big uh, gender journey birthday party, the birth of Mallory, um, it was still nice to acknowledge that day, sis, because I had never done that before really since right. I started my transition. So, again, just really coming into my own, um, I can't believe it's been 14 years. Um, it's just been surreal. I feel like I've been Mallory for so long now, um, you know, my old self. Um, I can't even imagine that person anymore. But I came across some cute little baby pictures and stuff while visiting. And of the old me, like the insecure part of me where I wasn't ready to embrace who I was, um, as a trans woman, would have looked at those pictures and wanted nothing to do with them. But when I was home, I looked at those pictures of myself as a kid and with my family, and I found myself just being like, that was you, and this is part of your story, and it's a good thing, and it's nice to embrace that and not be ashamed or embarrassed, you know? Right. But you know what? I, I look at um, on your on your, you know, I don't know if you posted some pictures a while back, but it was it was you. I'm not. I'm assuming it was like you in maybe high school. You had a really short haircut, but you still look like a cute little girl back then. Like you had a tiny <laughs> Braxton. You know what I mean? Like you had the yes. really short haircut. And I was like, she. And and of course, when I met you, you were Mallory. I mean, I you know I met yes. you as Mallory. So you know you always looked like a woman to me. So I didn't. You know, you know what I mean? I, I never okay. questioned it or anything. So. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it, but, was, um, it was a picture of me when I was 16. So it was the picture of me probably a week after I initially um, embraced myself as Mallory. So it was the very beginning phases of my gender journey. 
and I was it was our junior prom, and I can remember like looking at the picture. And I was like, wow, a friend of mine from high school shared it with me. It's like, oh, look at what came up in my memory, Facebook memory. And I was like, oh, wow, you know. And so I was like, you know, I really want to share this picture um, along with kind of, I don't want to say a before and after, but one of the things that we always talk about in our community, um, we give highlights to what's known as Transformation Tuesdays. And I want to say the 28th, I can't think of if it was a Tuesday or not, but I just remember kind of taking that concept of, where I was, you know, in 2006 and where I am now in 2020. And it was really amazing, like you said, to see, you know, me with my short haircut and um, very beginning stages of my transition, but then to see where I'm at now and just kind of looking back and being like, wow, like it's really surreal sometimes because I've been Mallory for so long, I can't even remember, you know, that girl. But to see that picture, it was like, she was there, and she's still there a little bit, you know, but uh, I've definitely developed into a more confident woman, a more secure woman, and it feels really great. But I was really happy to share my gender journey with everyone so openly and so publicly, and the reception was amazing. Like, everybody just, you know, was really supportive. Um, and it was really remarkable to see. It was really a reminder of, because I've had so many people tell me this, like you, where it's like, girl, I don't care if you're transgender. You're still that kind, caring, thoughtful Mallory that we all love. So, you know, the trans part is just part of who you are, but like, it doesn't take away how I feel about you or how I look at you. And, and that's been what's been really, you know, so amazing, that type of feedback. And can you, because um, I know right now you're fully transitioned, can you kind of walk yes. us through, like, the process? Like, what, did, what, what all did you have to do to become your true self now, Mallory, who you are now? Because I know it, it was a process and you had to do certain things to get to where you are now. Can you walk us through all of that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, like, I started my transition in, Uh, And so I think last time we talked a little bit about social and medical transitioning within the trans community. And not everyone does both. Some people just do a social transitioning. So what that looks like is changing the way that you dress, um, going by different pronouns, uh, you know, changing your name. So all of those are social transitions uh, where, you know, like, so me going by Mallory, changing my name to Mallory, uh, me now changing my pronouns to she, her, hers. Um, all of these things are part of my social transition. And for some trans people, that's, you know, enough for them. That is as far as the transition that they will go. And then you have people who will do both a social and a medical transition. And so that looks like starting on hormone replacement therapy, surgeries, um, different kind of vocal coach practices, all of those things are going to be part of your medical transition. So for me, um, when I started my initial social transition in 2006, uh, because of the, the way my beloved state is, um, there's a lot of more um, kind of, I don't, I guess, you know, just putting it out there, barriers um, to transitioning in, in Alabama. So, for example, you know, like you had to have um, – 
you have to be the age of 18 or older to change your name. Um, so I had okay. to wait until I was an adult. Uh, so my, my family was ready. My parents was ready to sign off on whatever they needed to do um, when I first started my transition. But because of the laws that they have in place, um, that wasn't something that could be done until I was an adult. So I didn't officially um, legally change my name to Mallory until 2009 uh, when I was 19. Okay. So that was the first kind of like official thing. And then about a year and a half later, I started on hormones, uh, which is known as um, estrogen and progesterone. I started on those um, two hormones in 2011. And then the following year, in 2012, I had breast augmentation. Um, and so that was amazing, um, an amazing journey as well. Um, to, you know, really, again, starting to see me come into my own skin. And then um, the last thing I pretty much did was, was um, have gender reassignment surgery. Um, and in my case, that would be referred to as a vaginoplasty. So the the creation of a, a vagina. And so I did that in 2016, and, um, and that has been pretty much it um, for my, my gender journey. And like I mentioned in my, my post back, on, uh, back in April, you know, I said for me that was my completion of my gender journey, but there are other people that will just only do the hormones and they may not have any surgeries. Um, and so there's these terms that we always try to make sure that we understand. So there's preoperative um, trans individual, trans woman or trans guy, and then you have postoperative trans woman and trans guy. So a preoperative person is the one who hasn't had any surgeries, um, any gender reassignment surgeries. Um, and then a post-op individual is someone who has had gender reassignment surgery. So I would be considered, the full term would be a post-operative transgender female, uh, meaning that I've had gender reassignment surgery. Um, but then, like I said, I have friends who are like, you know, I'm fine with not having surgery. And for them, that's, that's their gender journey. So it looks different for each of us. But for me, mine was definitely um, the ultimate final goal for me was to have surgery. And it's been amazing, and it's been great coming into my own and rediscovering you know, I guess, you know, discovering my new body and, and just really embracing who I am. And it's been really amazing. Um, I can't believe it's been four years since the surgery. I can't believe it's been eight years since breast augmentation. I can't believe it's been, you know, over 10 years since I changed my name. And, and so you look back at all these different milestones in your life. And I just find myself so incredibly humble and so grateful uh, again, just that I'm able to share my story and share my gender journey. But that is everything right. that I've done. And I'm pretty sure you are, you know, somebody's listening and they're saying, you know, she did it, I can do it too, and I don't have to hide. Yes. And I can be honest and come out and, um, and, speak my, and speak my truth. Now, I was looking at some other identifiers too, like for transgender. And, I, and I'm just going to ask you about this. It might be, I don't even know if it's. Um, it says that some people will identify as transgender, and then they have gender, gender non-conforming and gender queer and non-binary. Do you know about those terms too, or is that? 
Yeah, absolutely. No, those are very important terms. Um, And they're terms that are definitely getting more attention and which is great um, because you have individuals. And and that's one of the things that we do talk about in our training, Charlotte, is like, what is the difference between those terms? And so for me, um, like I said, I identify as a trans female woman. Uh, However, you know, you have people who are considered non-binary. So, you know, on a, on a gender spectrum, you typically have male and female. So there's a binary, two genders, or two, uh, two genders, and then even within um, anatomy, two sexes, male and female. But when someone is non-binary, they're not identifying as either male or female. So that's where it goes back into the importance of pronouns. Because someone can be, for example, let's just take me as an example. So if you, if you met me for the first time, you'd be like, oh, okay, you know, she, she, you know, she seems this way or she looks that way or her clothes. So you're using those pronouns. But in reality, I can be, you know, looking or presenting female, but I don't identify as female or I don't identify as male. So then we call that non-binary. And the pronouns um, that we found that non-binary individuals prefer um, are they, them, and theirs. So, for example, um, instead of, and you know, if you were introducing yourself and you was like, hi, my name is Charlotte, my pronouns are she, her, hers, and I would come back and say, hi, my name is Mallory, my pronouns are they, them, theirs. And that's a, that's a clear indicator that this individual is non-binary, so they are not identifying on the female spectrum or the male spectrum at all. They're just, they just don't identify with either gender. Um, and so that is, that is the best way to describe and define um, non-binary. Then you, get into, then you get into what's known as gender non-conforming. So gender non-conforming, still using me as an example, so, right, so with gender non-conforming, I'm, I, I present as female. You see me and what you see is someone who's female. I use the pronouns she, her, her. So I'm identifying as a woman. But then at the same time, the next day, I may be like, you know what? I don't want to wear a dress. I want to wear a football jersey and, 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 and some baggy pants. And I don't want to have hair today. And so I'm presenting more masculine. I'm not conforming to my to the gender that I look at, if that makes sense. So that, for example, going back to you, Charlotte, if you was like, you know what, today I'm kind of feeling, you know, like I don't, I don't want to have long hair. I, I want to wear baggy pants. I want to wear some Tims. I want to, you know, masculine it up. You're not conforming to the gender that you're signed, which would say, oh, you should be wearing skirts and dresses and lipstick. You know, you're not conforming to a gender. So that's how we describe someone who's gender nonconforming. It's not that they don't identify as male or female. It's just that they don't stick to, they don't dress or um, socially present to the social, to the norms that we know that they should be presenting as their gender, if that makes sense. So there's so much in this umbrella of what that means. Um, and, And it's just, like I said, those are just two of the, many terms, but it's interesting um, that you've done this research and that we can have this discussion because of the fact that these are terms that are still new, um, especially within, you know, the cisgendered community. 
we find this happening very often with medical providers where they don't know how to sometimes correctly gender someone who or have conversations with someone who's trans because this is new to them. Um, and so then when we introduce terms like non-binary and gender non-conforming, they're just like, whoa, I'm still trying to come to terms with what does trans mean and how to be affirming with that. And now we're throwing on other things. But, you know, that's the reality is that, you know, that these terms exist and people are associated with those terms. And so it's important as a society that we try to be as competent um, and as as woke, as I like to say, to these situations and to these and to who people are. So thank you for throwing those terms out there so I could explain them. Okay. Um, now that explains a lot because that was just an article I was reading. I was just trying to figure figure out how that works. Um, and it also says a common misconception is that gender identity and expression are linked to sexual romantic attraction. So is that like um, not necessarily true, but I guess that goes back to, you know, not really um, conforming to either, you know, male or female today, or um, it's just however you feel in that moment, I'm assuming. Exactly. And that's, and that goes back to the term transgender is that it's, uh, when we think of gender, it's our internal sense of truth. So we have our sex, which is, you know, our biological anatomy. And then we have our gender, which is our internal truth. And being having a gender identity um, in terms of whether you're trans or non-binary, um, and then having a gender expression, which is how you express that gender. So how do you dress? How do you act? those are two different things because I can still be a trans woman. They'll be like, you know what? I, was, I still like wearing baggy clothes or I still like, you know, playing basketball or doing these kind of um, social typical activities that will be associated with the opposite sex. So, um, so it's one of those really interesting conversations that we're constantly having and I know some people are always kind of like, huh? Like, what is exactly happening? But <laughs> at the same time, you know, it's just continuous, you know, like you said, reading those articles, having these type of conversations, um, you know, that's, that's what we're here for because, you know, trans people are definitely here. And I definitely am happy to see that we're starting to get a little bit more, um, some progress in terms of people wanting to be more aware of how to treat and how to have conversations with people who are trans. So this is just like your, you know, what you're doing here on your show is amazing. Keep it up. You know, this is, this is helping getting the word across. Um, so yeah, you know, but it, it really is. And that's also going back into sexual orientation because a lot of people will feel like, Oh, well, if you're transitioning, um, you know, then you must, be so for example in my case I've had people be like well if you transitioned into a woman then you must be into guys and that's the thing too is that sexual orientation and you know gender identity are two different things I could be so for me I've always been attracted to men um and however cisgendered men I've been attracted to cisgendered men and so for me that didn't change when I transitioned um, you know, from George to Mallory. So that didn't change at all. However, 
you know, there are people who transition and, for example, I could have been attracted to women. So I could have been a cisgendered heterosexual guy before I transitioned. And even though I'm now transitioning to Mallory, I still find myself attracted to women. Just because I've become a woman doesn't mean I'm going to be instantly attracted to guys. It doesn't right. work that way. So, you know, it's, it's making sure that people understand that just because you're transitioning doesn't necessarily mean that you may be transitioning to a different gender, but that doesn't mean that you're transitioning to a different sexual orientation. So it's, it's really, it's those conversations, having those conversations, clearing up those misconceptions. That's what's been really, really helpful in presentations and discussions I've had because there are so many misconceptions with sexual orientation and gender identity, or like you said, gender identity and gender expression as well. Right, and I know watching, um, you know, they have a lot of shows, you know, geared towards the LBGTQ community too, like Foles and those shows like that. And I know it's on there. And, of course, it's it's set, I think, in the 80s. I want to say it's Mm -hmm. in the 80s that that it's um, set in. And I noticed on there, because when you just talked about, you know, you could possibly, you know, you're still attracted to females too. Um, and I noticed on there, like one of the transgender um, females went into a gay bar and they kept kicking them out. Like they didn't want them in there. And I was mm-hmm. like, why would they, be, you know, why would they kick them out? <laughs> but um, yeah. she, kept, she kept going back and she was like, why can't we sit in here? And it, and it was just a big issue. And so I was a little confused on that too, but they just did not, they would not let them come in the bar. And that was like in the late 80s. So I don't know if you, I mean, if, if that still happens now where, you know, um, gay men have a, a problem with um, trans women or um, have you felt that or seen that um, there in Long Beach? Uh, not here. I haven't seen, you know, a lot of my closest friends here are gay men. Um, so they've been absolutely amazing. Um, now I will admit when I first started my transition, and, you know, I always talk about how uh, much of a supportive family I had and majority of my friends were supportive, but I still had a few friends um, at that time that were gay males, and they just did not get it. They was like, I don't know what you're doing. You're crazy. Uh, I did find that that was kind of, and I even mentioned that in an interview recently where I found that to be kind of the most, I want to say devastating factor in transitioning was within the LGBTQ umbrella. And that component is that I was disappointed to see that my, um, at that time, my gay brothers were not um, was not having it, you know, they, they were not. And I've heard that even on the up opposite end with like trans men where, um, where they initially identified as, you know, a lesbian. And then they're like now transitioning to men and it's like trying to see them as men. And then if they do see them as men now, not wanting them to be in their, um, social circles. So that does happen, unfortunately. Um, but in terms of that era, it was very common for for gay men to see, I don't want to say that they saw trans women as women, but they definitely didn't see them as as gay men. So they were not included in social, certain social things. So like 
certain clubs were just for gay men. So even though they were trans women and were underneath that LGBTQ umbrella, that wasn't a place for them to be able to go. Um, so it is one of those situations that I'm happy that polls really highlighted because of the fact that, you know, the reality is is that that did happen. Um, and it still does to an extent. I think there will always be this, I don't want to say always, but they'll, until we continue to work together as a community, there's, there's sometimes this fraction uh, where it's just kind of like each letter underneath the LGBTQ plus umbrella looks out for their own. And I get it, you know what I mean? I get issues are different for each, um, but it would be nice to see this sense of unity amongst all of us. But there is some, you know, I mean, I've had amazing, like I said, I have gay guy friends who are totally supportive of my gender journey. I have lesbian friends who are supportive. Um, So it can happen, and it is happening. Um, But in terms of a bigger collective, there's still more work to be done. Um, And so not only, like I said, when we do these diversity trainings, uh, we're not just doing it for our straight allies. We're also doing it for our gay allies because, you know, even within that umbrella, within the community, they're still trying to understand this as well. Um, so, you know, it, it's really great. Uh, like I said, I'm proud of Pose for really showing, like, the treatment of trans women uh, by other members of our community because, unfortunately, that does happen. Okay, we got two comments I'm going to um, read to you from social media. One, it says, see, for me, I like wearing baggy clothes and I like to play basketball and even touch football, and I'm a girly girl, too. So to me, if she is a girl, she is a girl who likes to wear baggy clothes and play ball. <laughs> okay, and that's one comment. And then the next one was, so what is gender queer? I do not, uh, I do not remember you touching on that one. So what is gender queer? Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry that I forgot to explain that one. Seriously, I was so caught up in just talking and everything <laughs> like that. But yeah, I mean, you know, really. A genderqueer is just, again, someone who just really is very fluid in their transition. So what does that, that mean is that they're not necessarily staying to the traditional norms um, or identities of someone who is male or female. It's more of like a combination of both genders. Um, they're just really embracing both. Um, you find that to be very common. Um, within the community where sometimes you have people who either don't see themselves as male or female, uh, but then with genderqueer, they just, they, they embrace both sides. They embrace both the masculine and feminine side. Um, and, and that's, and that's not uncommon as well for people. I've, I've you know, for myself personally, uh, I'm very girly girl for, for forever. So I've been very feminine um, but I do know individuals who are gender queer, and they basically, you know, they'll be like, yeah, you know, I'm a woman, but at the same time, like, I like masculine things. I like, you know, embracing the male or masculine culture. Um, and so you see that sense of gender queer in that regard, where they're not conforming to any gender. They're not saying that they're not a particular gender, but they're just embracing both the masculine and feminine parts of who they are. Um, for me, I really don't have much of a masculine. <laughs> in my Not body, at all. I, am, 
Not and, at uh, all. I like um <laughs> I was the kid when my parents took me to play T ball. Girl, I sat there, the ball hit my pinky and I was like, Oh, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I, was I like, can't even imagine you out there doing nothing like this. <laughs> Girl, I'm telling you. I I, oh, I was like, I told them, I was like, yeah, mm-mm, this is not going to work. I was like, I tried. I tried. And so, you know, I hate that they, that they didn't get their money's worth, but my other brothers, right. you know, did. And so it worked out. But, yeah, I, I so for me, I am as, like, if I can wear a dress and a skirt every day, that's one of the reasons why I love California. And even Florida, too, when I lived there was, you know, the weather. You know, you could have that warm weather. I, I love, you know, being able to go to the beach and the ocean front. I love being able to wear my, my dresses and my skirts. Um, that has always been, it's really rare that I wear pants or tennis shoes or clothes or like, things like that. I'm very much like heels and makeup and glam, as you see all the time, Charlotte. So, you know, uh, yeah, but I do, I, I, I kudos anyone who embraces both the masculine and feminine side. I'm like, you, you go right ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't think I've ever seen you in in tennis shoes or sneakers. I've always seen you in a dress and always uh, cute and and something flowery and pretty. I've, I've never seen <laughs> not one time. I don't think. <laughs> Girl, sure. and that's the case, unless I'm going to the gym to work out or something like that. You know, I'm pretty much. You know, just in, in my girly gear, and um, I love it. I, you know, and it, that's just my, that's just who I am. But there, like I said, there's so many different stories out there, and you know, I have seen um, trans men who will transition into becoming a male, um, and they will still wear nail polish, and they will still have their hints of femininity, and it's really amazing. So everyone embraces. Um, that part of them, um, I just don't have that part in me. <laughs> you know, I can uh, I can remember um, I can remember I was in Iraq. I think it was 2009. It was 2009, and I was in Iraq, and it was it was a young lady. She was transitioning into um, male. I guess she she had to be taken whatever you take because her hair was growing. You know, she would be shaving and and all that kind of stuff where the hair was growing in. And I was like, wow, I was just trying to figure out how was it happening. <laughs> but that I means she was, she was, she was changing it. She was just kind of like strap her boobs down and, you know, um, and she yeah. was you yeah, know, and back then it was uh, don't ask, don't tell. Um, of course, now mm-hmm. you can be transgender in the military, I believe, so. Yeah, but, and that's the thing, too, you know, I mean, and I always like to, you know, share because, you know, I have a couple of really good friends. Um, I call them my brothers, who uh, one of them in particular is a trans male. And um, he has this organization um, called Invisible Men. And I'm telling you, thanks, Lucky Alexander. He's amazing. Uh, definitely have to have you two connect. Uh, but one of the things that we, we talk about in some of our conversations, he, he's here in L.A., and we talk about, like, how the trans masculine community or trans men, um, mm-hmm. how they're often a population is overlooked. So it's interesting that you brought up your friend from the military because uh, it's still, you know, a lot of times when people think of transgender, 
um, they automatically go to trans women because I think that there's been more of an um, of a, a media presence with that. I mean, we've had really bigger trans women names out there in terms of like Caitlyn Jenner and Laverne Cox. And so um, you're getting more of a trans women perspective to trans. Uh, but then also there's still our trans men, our trans brothers out there um, who are sending in their treats. And I'm so happy that I've got to meet so many incredible guys who have shared their stories. And like you said, part of their gender journey as well as a social and medical transition. And so a lot of times they'll take testosterone, um, like you said, to get that hair growth and, um, and things like that. And, I mean, they look amazing. They look amazing. And it's interesting now, sis, because I've had people ask me um, since I've been in L.A., like, would you ever date a trans guy? And before, you know, I, I wouldn't know how to, how to have answered that. Um, because I had never really had much of an experience or exposure to trans men. Um, But now I found myself, like you said, just kind of really growing into my own skin. And I was always like, you know what? Well, now I'm like, yeah, I would totally date a trans guy because they're men. Um, They're, you know, and so I don't, you know, see them any less than a cis guy. Um, So, you know, yeah, I would totally date someone who, um, a guy who is trans, um, that would not be an issue for me, like I said, because at the end of the day, as long as it's someone who's treating me right, and I've actually had, like, cisgendered female friends who have been like, you know, would I, does it make me gay if I'm attracted to a trans man? And I'm like, no, because they're a guy. You're attracted to men, period. And so, you know, just, just don't, I think sometimes, and that's part of dating, sis, that's a whole yeah. other conversation, you know, about <laughs> dating someone who is trans and what does that mean? I just was, I just did a panel about dating, you know, trans dating and how people will look at if you're dating a trans woman, if a guy's dating a trans woman, oh, he's gay. If a girl is dating a trans guy, oh, she's a lesbian. So it's like trying to break away from those stereotypes too, Um and, and and that's and it's so important. That's why I said that's one of the things I love about Pose is that you know they they talk about all of these different things and just on the season two they finally introduced a really healthy love story uh, between a trans woman and a cisgender guy and that was really amazing to see. Um, and I'm yeah. hoping to see more of that in the media. And that's when you talk about like doing short films and being in music videos because I want to start bridging that gap um, and, and, and normalizing trans individuals in media, um, not just as the trans girlfriend on the side or the little trans mistress or the, the sex worker who's trans, but actually someone who is trans and is looking for love and who deserves love with someone, whether they are cis or trans themselves. Um, so, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm happy that Pose is doing that, but, Yes, it's like so. That's a whole different conversation as well. <laughs> but you have another um, question on social media. It says, "When do we start to call transitioning people by their not new but true pronouns?" I would say as soon as, and we talk about not having, like, not telling people that they're trans. That oh, that we knew that they were trans. Like that's one of the least things that you want to do. So I always tell people is that 
if you, I don't want to say suspect uh, or question someone who is transitioning, um, just really putting it into practice with anyone, um, whether they're trans or not, but putting into practice of just introducing your, your name and your pronouns and making them feel comfortable to where they want to present their name and pronouns because someone can be transitioning and may not be ready to go by um, their new pronoun. So having that initial introduction of saying, hi, my name is Mallory Jenna Robinson, my pronouns are she, her, hers, this is letting the person that I'm introducing myself, if they are transitioning, they have the choice to decide if they are ready to go by their true pronouns or preferred pronouns or if they are not ready for that yet. And so that's really the best way of knowing when it is to, when it's a good thing to use someone's pronoun, because they'll tell you um, when they introduce themselves back. Um, they'll let you know what pronoun, because we don't want to assume that's part of the conversations we have too. We don't want to assume that we know someone's pronouns already. Um, even though the way we've been trained, you know, especially myself being from the South, you know, we was raised to say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. So we already have this this binary construct in our head where we're like, okay, man, woman, their pronouns, he, him, his, she, her, hers. That's that's what we've been conditioned to. But one of the things that we try to teach in our trainings is getting out of that, deconstructing that idea of pronouns and when to use them, but making it a safe space to introduce yourself and your pronouns so that way um, – you know, a person feels comfortable to share their pronouns with you because we just don't know. You never know who's in their gender journey. Sometimes they could be in the very beginning stages of their gender journey and not ready to embrace their new pronouns, or they could be ready to embrace their new pronouns. Uh, but it's just introducing ourselves really helps that. Okay. And then another question I have is um, sexuality after male to female gender affirmation surgery. Once you know, once you have it um, and you engage in um, sexual relationships, but is it, I mean, I, I, like the feeling, is it, I don't, I don't know how to. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know, but sis, let's do it, girl. This is the grown up phone conversations we have in here. So, you know, I am, I'm an open book. So, okay. So for me personally, um, okay, so initially when I had my surgery in 2016, girl, I had, and I want to say this was around, so yeah, this would have been around the time I met you, because uh, I met you in the fall of 2015, so it was like right before I had surgery, but um, I can remember getting, you know, getting ready to have surgery. I had surgery in Miami, Florida, um, and, you know, they tell you what to expect. They, you know, they tell you, like, if you've been able to, to, you know, have orgasms and have those experiences um, before surgery, then you'll be able to have those experiences after. And so you just, you, you don't really know what you're, what to expect until it happens. And so uh, for me, after I had surgery, I was like, I have no clue how, like what turns me on, you know, um, right. I didn't know what, arousal looked like or what it felt like because it was this was totally new for me um and that was actually one of the issues I had in my marriage um going into my marriage was 
uh, was that being a problem? Was not was him, my ex husband, not knowing how to uh, please me uh, or how or really, you know, how I could please him as well in this regard because everything was just so new. Um, right. You know, if I was like, you know, I don't have much practice. With this stuff. It was really a lot of growing pains <laughs> and a lot of learning curves, you know, right. feeling like, which, you know, um, but in time, um, you know, this was after my divorce, um, really since I've been single, um, you know, I've definitely, I'm, I'm no saint. I've definitely had my little fair share of, um, non-committal um, relations, and so right. you know, and, and but within that, I've been fortunate to have partners um, who may have already had experience with post-operative trans women, or just really more oh. of an experience with the female anatomy. So, but girl, before I knew, it, I was like, oh, I didn't know that could happen. Oh, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
out a little longer than I wanted to be. But at the same time, yeah. like, once I got better, I was feeling, you know, like my old self again. Um, so it took about, for me, it took probably a good three and a half months to be really back to my old self of being able to move around, being able to sit down and, and just and just be who I who I am. Um, but like I said, every again, everyone's journey is totally different too. You know, I've known some people it took them six months to heal. Some people it only took them like three weeks. I'm like, whoa, what the hell were you taking? <laughs> But it really, it really just depends on the person. But I'm telling you, once you're healed and everything, then that's kind of for me where I'm like learning your body, you know. And uh, fortunately, my 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 lovely mother has been really helpful with guiding me on, you know, on the the ins and outs of my new anatomy. And so it's been really great. You are lucky to have her. Um, <laughs> but you, you are you are definitely right about um you don't hear much about the the uh, the female to male um mm-hmm. trans surgeries or just uh them period. You just don't hear a whole lot um about them. I've only heard about what Chaz Bono and maybe Yep. That's it. <laughs> I don't think I've heard And that's about- the thing. Yes, it it really is the you know, and like I said, my friend Lucky, he founded this organization called Invisible Men, and I'm telling you, like right. the work that they do in LA and abroad is great, and 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 it really is important. Like I said, he started the first trans man ball, and like I said, I was lucky to be a judge for that, and it was you know a good turnout. It was great to see all the judges and see people compete. Um, but really just giving trans men a space, you know, because when I think of the name of his organization, it really shows kind of the, there's a kind of two-pack message to it of being a man, but then being an invisible man, not being seen sometimes as men or seen as less than a cis man. And he's taken back that term invisible and trying to make that group of trans people as visible as possible. And so it's been really great, um, you know, working with him, collabing with him. Um, you know, I, I'm getting ready to work on a project with him because um, he also works right. at what's called Trans Can Work. So we're doing that project. This um, I got another oral history, trans oral history project that I'm doing. Um, like I said, we're partnering up with um, this dating app called Fiori. Um, so just like I said, really, again, just, trying to get out there and work within the community. But, yeah, trans men are, they are amazing. Um, They're an amazing group of people um, who definitely uh, deserves more recognition than they've been given. And I'm just happy to, to, you know, be having that relationship with someone who is a trans man, but then also being part of his organization and supporting them on that as well. Well, we would love to have him on, too. Um, yeah. You know, I, I did read about some identical twin girls who had transitioned um, a while Ooh. back, and they were 18. Um, I'm not sure where they were from, but they transitioned. And I was looking at the pictures of them, and I was like, I would have never thought that they were mm-hmm. guys, I mean, females, born females. 
um, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. and I guess the the pills they take and the surgeries that they they probably had, but they are like big buff guys right now. But you wow. look at the pictures of them, and like you said, you were looking at your pictures, and you know when you were younger. And I'm looking <laughs> at these two little girls with ponytails in their hair, and then look at them now. Um, they have like uh, uh, they have um like long dreads and stuff like that, and they're you know wow. I was like wow. It's amazing. It really is, and that's and like I said, and that's really the 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 stories that we love to highlight is just again standing in your truth and becoming the person that you're supposed to be. And I think that's for all of us, you know, to the career that we want, the type of relationships we want to have. Um, you know, we're all constantly evolving into trying to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be. And for some of us, that includes a gender journey. That includes transitioning. Um, and it doesn't make us as make us less than human. Um, it makes us just as important as anyone else who is just trying to be themselves and live their best lives. So when I hear these stories about identical twins standing in their truth and becoming the young men that they are, it's really amazing, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I just I always give kudos and credit to anyone who just continues to be themselves, especially in a. Even though we have, you know, become a really good, I would say, nation when it, not completely, but to where people are starting to want to know more about trans people and non-binary people. There's still more work to be done, but it's great that, like I said, your show and others like them. Um, Others like your show are, you know, spreading, um, helping to spread the word on trans issues, trans people, um, and just growth in general. So, yeah, I would love to. Yeah, I'll definitely have to connect you. Um, I'll get you, like, um, Lucky's information and stuff. But there, yeah, his story is amazing. You would absolutely love it, sis. You know, and this would be a story from, like, a trans male perspective. So it would be really great. Yeah, but you're great. you're educating and you know people listening to your story, so you're helping a lot of people um, as well. But you need to tell us too. I know you said you're working on a um, a site, right? Like a dating site with with him. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. Um, so there's an, a dating app called Fiori. Um, it's a transgender dating app, and uh, they reached out to me on social media about collaborating. Uh, to really just because they want to have a space and a place for people who are trans um, to be able to date and find love. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, having these platforms um, in media, in social media um, of dating and and highlighting love stories um, is really great. And so Fiori reached out to me about collaborating together And, you know, I looked at their mission and their vision, and I really felt like it was something that represented myself as well. Um, And so I've definitely gotten a hold of, you know, I always call it my dream team um, here on collaborating together uh, because right now it's a company based out of Egypt. Um, But they are looking to expand their, their brand in the U.S. Um, especially in our major cities, such as L.A. and New York and Atlanta. Um, so we're really working on, um, on, I'm working with them on having an L.A. touch um, to the brand. And so I'm super excited about that. 
Um, I mean, literally, sis, I'm like with with you, and like I said, you know, I'm always excited to come out and talk with you all. So, you know, I'm always like whenever y'all want me again, girl, you just let me know. I'm always game. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm like, I'll tell you, I'm constantly checking my calendar like, oh, this day, this day, you know, and it's amazing. And, again, and that's one of the things just kind of on a side note that's so important to me is, I always want people to know that they can count on me. I've always really thrived and prided myself on being reliable um, and in that regard, okay. especially when it comes to professional commitments. So, right. you know, that's – and I, so I'm, I'm happy that people are seeing, okay, if there's someone we want to use um, for something that represents our trans community, Mallory is one of the people that we can reach out to because I know she's going to show up. I know she's going to be reliable. And so, again, that is one of my goals. And so, yeah, sis, I will. And I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking um, that the, they're out of, the company is out of Egypt. That's that's going to be huge. Um, I know. Is it, is it, so right now, do they just have it set up, like, where you can use it um, in certain areas, or where do you find it? So the app is on social media. It's on Facebook and it's on Instagram, F-I-O-R-I. Like I said, it's a great app. I've seen it. I've used it, especially in terms of, like, learning what it was about. And it's been really great. And so, but, yeah, like I said, they do have um, location receptors where you can go in and you can pay in your location. And then they can find you someone to connect with based off your location. So they do have that U.S. Um, location receptor, even though the, the primary um, the primary company is in Egypt. But like I said, they're looking on uh, just building that connection, especially because now we're getting ready to come into Pride um, here in L.A. and Long Beach, which is really a big deal. Um, so this is my first Pride um, in L.A., uh, Long Beach. And even though they're uh, not doing a physical pride this year because of COVID-19, there's still a lot of digital pride campaigns that are happening. So one of the things that we're planning on doing is to have Fiori uh, be part of that campaign for our digital pride um, as one of those, one of the companies that is definitely affirming and a good, in a safe space for trans and non-binary people. Right. That is so cool. I mean, Thank you. <laughs> I know. I'm telling you, I'm like, and, and that's the thing, like I said, between that and just so many other, um, so many other things underneath my belt when it comes to uh, what I'm doing, it is, it's just been a whirlwind. I'm just still like, whoa. Like if someone would have told me a year ago, I would be on your show talking to you about my truth. I would have been like, uh-uh. No, no way. I won't let Charlotte know that. But now, you know, I'm telling you, girl, you just never know. I can remember. And it's funny, sis, because I was just thinking about, you know, now that I'm 30 and, you know, I consider myself, like, grown now. Um, Like you said, being a grown lady, (laughs) as you call me. I'm doing my grown lady stuff. (laughs) Excuse me. Um. One of the things that I was thinking about, I was like, think about my 29th birthday, and I was in Florida, and I was spending time with my former in-laws for my 29th birthday, 
And then I look a year later at my 30th and I'm here in LA and my coworkers and, you know, people that I've met and just had such a big 30th birthday party here in LA. And it's just total night and day. And that's the thing about life is just, you just never know. Uh, And like I said, one of the things that if I can encourage anybody who's listening tonight, just, you know, never be ashamed of who you are and just, you know, own your truth, stand in your truth, and don't be afraid to hear no. Don't be afraid to to know that sometimes things are not going to go the way that you plan, but just keep being tenacious. And that's one of the key parts of me that has helped me to continue to, to push forward and to be 14 years into my journey, <clears throat> you know, because there were times when it was easy for me to be like, you know what, this is just too much. Let me just let and me you've just always be. been a brave girl anyway. You've always uh, been brave anyway. Because you would, you would, I mean, if, if you weren't happy somewhere, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm packing up. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to Jacksonville. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. You were the foot walk last week. What? What? And then, yes, you know. Oh, I'm in, and I think I, I don't know if I text, I think I text you. Oh, I'm, I'm in California. What? <laughs> <laughs> so all of this that, I'm telling you, you always been a brave girl. You just ain't know it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Cause I'm telling you, like, I, yeah, I, and that was the thing too. I think each of these steps in my life from the time I moved to California, I'm sorry, to the time I moved to Florida to the time I moved to California, like, it was building me for that because I was so, you know, I am very close to my family. I'm back in Alabama. So even moving from Alabama to Florida was like a big step. And then, you know, I was like, okay, I've been here for some years in different parts, but now I feel like I'm finally ready um, to make that bigger move to California. So each of these moves has prepared me for this move here. But when I was in Florida, sis, like I love Fort Walton, I love Pensacola, I love Jacksonville, but they weren't home for me. I never felt as connected to a place. Even Alabama, Montgomery, Alabama, where I'm from, you know, I, I love, that's my hometown. I will always be proud of where I come from. But I never felt like this, you know how you can go somewhere, you can just feel like you're at home, and it's like where you belong, and you can travel here and there, you can go to all these different places, but once it's all over with, you know where home is for you. And for me, I just, I truly can say, like, that is Long Beach, California. Like, I am truly where I want to be, and I have finally found my place, and it feels really great. So thank you for giving me kudos about being brave because it was that bravery that I just had to trust, you know, and be brave to move out here, you know, 2,500 miles away and be like, okay, you're going to do this. And there was something you I could have given here. <laughs> you drove there, right? Yeah, we was in the moving truck. Yeah, okay, my I dad and I. And, yeah, we hauled everything, including my car, and came here, and we did it in three days. Uh, a lot of people say sometimes it takes them up to a week because of stopping and, you know, but what my dad and I did was we just alternated uh, who would drive. So he would sleep for like six or seven hours and I would drive and then we would rotate. And that's how we got to California as quickly as we did. 
Um, and I'm telling you, you know, it, it was definitely, like I said, I can still remember that tire going flat and us waiting on that mechanic to get there to fix that moving truck tire. And I just remember thinking, like, oh, I don't know what, what, what's, what's the meaning behind this. But, you know, you, I have two choices right now. Either I can stay stuck in this moment or either I can be like, you know what, I'm still getting to California. And, um, right. And I did, you know, and now I'm here talking to you almost a year later. I mean, it's crazy. It's just um, just still in disbelief. Like I said, all the experiences that I've had from, you know, my birthday to the Grammys to PlayStation to just so much more. And then, like I said, there there was just things that hadn't even happened yet um, that would have happened, especially if the COVID-19 hadn't come in. But now we're working on making those things more digital. Um, so I'm always right. grateful, especially because of the fact that despite everything that's going on, it's easy for people not to be able to share their truth, but it's like I said, your platform and other platforms that are digital, uh, that still allows me to be able to, you know, share my story and share what I do. So thank you for still having me. Um, cause you know, girl, I would have been glad to come down there and, and, and been live with you in person and, you know, catching up and everything. Uh, but I'm happy that we have this option here where we can do it um, over the phone. So thank you. But you know what I think? Maybe sometime soon we might be able to set up something where we can do some live sessions. I think they, Facebook even has something that that's live now. We can have up to, I don't know, I know you can have a, yeah. a lot of people there at once. Kind of talking, so that's that's something that we might want to plan in the future, and maybe get the invisible oh, men off. Um, and that oh, would be really, yes. really cool. And that way, we can kind of get perspectives from both of you guys. You know, the um, mm-hmm. experience of transitioning. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that and would I would love that. I would love that absolutely. Like I said, you know me. Like I told you, anytime you need me, anytime you all want to have me, I am always happy. Um, to be part of this amazing show. So, you know, like I said, definitely, you just let me know when, and I will make it happen. <laughs> I know. You know, you, 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 you family, sis. So, you know, I'm always like, you know, I'm always going to make sure I make time for family. So don't even worry about that. I just, I am just so thankful. But, girl, yeah, it's been a crazy road. You know, like I said, it's been, but it's been a good good just I'm yeah I'm truly happy Charlotte like I can honestly say that like I just you know I loved teaching I really did but even when I was teaching I always kind of felt like mm, something's still missing and now that but I'm actually still- working with my community you're right you're right I think you said that last time too you know that I'm still teaching and I am I'm still educating people and I guess to some extent teaching students prepared me for this on how to have these conversations and how to teach others about trends and non-binary issues and people so it's it's really really great and you know it really is I truly love it sis now let me ask you I, I can remember uh, and I think I think if I, if I can remember correctly at one time did you want to go to medical school Mhm. Mhm. I did. Yeah, I did. I initially did biology pre med as one of my undergrads. Um, 
And I did that, and I remember I took the MCAT and everything, uh, and then I kind of psyched myself out. I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to stay in medical school for all those years, you know. And so I decided not to pursue it. But, I mean, you know, it's interesting now because to some extent, you know, I feel like I have that medical exposure, um, especially right. when I think about working in, um, you know, not only in trans health, but health services in general, like, you know, getting um, tested for HIV, uh, knowing the difference between a viral load and, you know, your, your, your healthy cells. And so having that background in biology, <clears throat> excuse me, in science, that has really helped me to be able to have conversations. So to some extent, even though I'm not a doctor and I didn't go to medical school, I still have some medical knowledge that has been helpful um, with conversations that I have because some conferences and things that I go to, um, especially I'll get, like, invited to webinars and Zoom meetings about COVID-19. Um, and so it's, it's interesting when I hear those conversations from the doctors about what's happening in our community. I'm like, oh, I understand that. Because, you know, I, I took these courses back in college. So even though I didn't go to medical school, I'm still definitely around um, that medical yeah. department. <laughs> and you have another um, question from social media. It says, any plans to write a book or do a biopic? <laughs> uh, it's interesting that you say that because I've had people – ask that question, um, I definitely have a very interesting gender journey, not only just a supportive family and um, just all the things that I've been through. And, and certainly I'd be like, it, you know, my life is certainly could be a reality show and all of those things. I am interested uh, in doing those things for sure. Um, I just, I haven't even thought about it. Like um, I've thought about it, but not like, put a lot of thought into how I would go about doing that. Um, but yeah, I always, you know, but I've had people be like, oh, you, you need to, you need to write a book like this, your story, um, your personality, all of it. Like it is, is very fitting with, um, with something that would go in a book and things like that and, and, and a show and a biopic. So um, I am always open to those, to those avenues as well. Um, I'm still just wrapping my head around doing podcast interviews with Charlotte <laughs> and share my story or, you know, interviews in general. I'm still wrapping my head around that and uh, the idea of writing a book and everything. It is very exciting um, and everything. But who knows what the future holds? Maybe you'll be able to check out a book or a biopic um, in the future. Right. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I think I think it'd be good. I think it'd be great for TV. I think it would be great for the big screen. I think the book would be a bestseller. Um, definitely, oh. I think you should do it. <laughs> oh, All right, we have another question uh, from another question from social media. It says to dispel some myths: a constructed vagina is just as susceptible to to sexually transmitted diseases as the biological vagina. Uh, yeah, absolutely, for sure. I both, um, you know, both are susceptible to STIs. Um, any orifice hole that you have, 
um, that is, you know, getting any kind of type of sexual fluids um, are open to um, STIs. So certainly, um, you know, if I'm not protecting myself, um, I am certainly um, at risk for being exposed to any kind of STIs vaginally as well. So, yeah, that's a really good question um, because a lot of times I think the misconception has been is that, like, you know, that wouldn't be the case. But, yeah, any, yeah, because uh, sex is happening, um, that is always a potential risk. So, yeah, I'm just as at risk for any kind of um, vaginal STIs as, as anyone else. Okay. That, that was a that was a really good question too. It was, yeah. Okay. No, that was a really good question. Okay, and I have another I have another question about that. Okay, so yeah, go right ahead. When you get when you get the surgery, they actually construct the vagina from the penis, correct? Do they do they use the yes. same? Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. They I do, and one of the things and and the clitoris is made from the tip of the penis. Um, the tip of the penis head is typically a very sensitive point so they take that and they use that as the clitoris um, and then they basically take the rest of the penis to create the uh, labia majora and labia minora the, the folds or the lips of the vagina um, and then they take the length of the penis and they construct that into the canal um, the vaginal canal so basically your depth is based off of um, how endowed you would have been. And another question was they reconnect the nerve for sensation, but I'm assuming that that would have to be the case because you do have feeling there and you can, mm-hmm. so, yeah. That's yeah, amazing. all of that, too. yeah, like I said, the, the tip of the head is very sensitive um, from the penis, and so it has those nerve endings, that sense, um, that sense of nerve endings, and so like so they construct that and they reattach it, and um, and it still has that same sensitive sensation as well. So I I have not had lost any sensation. I haven't lost. Um, everything is very functional um, in terms of self lubrication and orgasms. All of those things are very um, functional. Uh, with my surgery, I know sometimes some individuals may not um, be able to experience those things after. It's really rare, um, but I mean, I don't know anyone personally um, who has went through that, but I've just heard that there are rare cases where individuals will have uh, vaginoplasty and not have any sensation there. Um, and so that can that can definitely affect a person, especially if you're not having any enjoyment or satisfaction um so but that does happen to some people and sometimes it happens it's interesting because we had a discussion about this last time about like trans youth and surgeries and what how young is too young and sometimes uh if an individual starts their gender journey uh, like let's say at the age of nine or ten and they don't really go into puberty so then when they get ready to, let's say, one day decide to have surgery, um, they may not have really any feeling or sensation as well just because of the fact that they never really got to have puberty. So they can still have a uh-huh. vagina created, but they may not have those functions. Yeah. And uh, another question from social media, self-lubrication, um, could you elaborate on it? 
Yeah, so um, <laughs> so that is basically my ability to um, become aroused. And as I become aroused, I begin to um, get wet down there. Um, so I, I don't have to, I guess, I don't know how to explain in terms of, it's just my way of getting aroused so I don't have to, like, grab any lubrication or anything like that. Like, I'm just getting wet down there. <laughs> so he can be kissing you on your neck and whispering in your ear. Come on, Miss Broad, it's sexy. Yes, girl. Grabbing your thigh, whatever. And... Ah, okay, girl, I'm trying to tell you. I'll be like, stop it. Ah, ah, don't stop. <laughs> All right, you have another question from social media. It says, once the trans- transition is complete, do they have? Do you have to take certain hormones and you know for life? Do you have to take hormones for life or? Um, it varies. So for some, like typically, no. Once you've had your um, gender reassignment surgery, a lot of times surgeons will tell you that you can discontinue hormones um, just because of the fact now that you've had um, you know that that male anatomy that was produced in that male hormone um, removed. So you don't have to worry about continuing on hormones, um, but some people will, um, out of habit or just out of comfortability, because the idea of stopping hormones makes them feel like that maybe they're not getting the full effect. Um, and so for me, I have personally done both. So initially, after surgery, um, I stopped taking hormones um, probably for about two and a half years. So right up until maybe right before I moved, and I was like, you know, I was like, I kind of miss taking my hormones. Um, let me just kind of see if it will do anything um, to my body at this point. Um, and so I've, like, restarted my hormone um, replacement therapy. But, you know, I mean, when I was off of the hormones, I didn't have any issues per se, um, but I just wanted to kind of see for me, like, if there would be a difference, like if I would notice myself how my body is now after surgery and then after surgery still taking hormones. So I wanted to kind of see what my body, and the doctors didn't mind me taking hormones again. They weren't like, no, you know, you've had surgery. So a lot of times they are very understanding that if you want to continue hormones or if you want to resume hormones um, after a while. Um, But yeah, either way it's completely fine. It's just depending on the person and, and how comfortable they are. Okay, that answers a lot. We we done talk. We done, you know, we done talked almost whole two hours ago. <laughs> I know, sis girl. We even chatting it up. Well, you know, that's how we are anyway. You know, we can get on the phone, yeah. and we can chat for ten minutes, or we can chat for two hours, and still get yeah, just a good solid anyway. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but though that, yeah, absolutely. I mean, any questions at this point? You know, please feel free to ask. I, like I said, I'm an open book. I'm standing in my truth, so I will give you the truth. <laughs> okay. All, all right. One more. It's another question on social media. Going back okay. to the twins, the argument is still that this is a choice. Do you feel this could be a natural occurrence or biological, rather? Um. I feel like definitely there's a component of both. So people always talk about like nature versus nurture and then the sense of like 
biology. I always feel like, you know, for me, uh, it's definitely a biological piece first and foremost, just because of the fact that when we think about development, uh, developing as an embryo, that one of the things that scientists and doctors are constantly discovering is this idea of transgender and what does that look like medically. And they typically say from the time a person is being developed um, in the embryo stages is that what will happen is is that the signals uh, will get crossed um, in terms of uh, gender. So your sex is still developing one way, but the brain receptors to how your gender would be, which would be to typically align with that sex, um, that gets disconnected um, or rewired. And so then uh, what happens is the best way to describe it is like having um, the anatomy that you're born with, but then having the brain development, the neurological development of the opposite um, of what your sex is. And that's how transgender comes out. So there is that biological piece of it. Um, I know uh, some people always talk about, again, going back to what I mentioned about nature versus nurture and, um, Definitely, I've had people be like, well, do you feel like your mom was like, you know, uh, very, you know, overprotective with you or things like that to where maybe that inspired you to want to be a woman? And I always say no, um, just because of the fact that, you know, I mean, we had our dad who who's very as masculine as they come, like I mentioned last time, who was always about me doing masculine things. I grew up with brothers, so it wasn't like I was exposed to a lot of women. So I don't always believe that there's a nurture piece to it, but definitely in terms of nature and biology, um, that being a factor to being transgender, I 100% agree with that. Okay. All right. Well, um, it's one other question from social media. Do you think you would want to have children someday? Oh, okay. So I don't think I shared this with you, Charlotte. I thought maybe I did, but now it's it's interesting. Like when I hear these different questions, I'm like, oh, I I don't know if I shared that in my, in my truth. Um, So before I had surgery, one of the things that my ex-husband and I, we went to Orlando and I, I went to a sperm bank. Um, and I went there and I stored my sperm at the sperm bank in Orlando, um, probably a couple of months before I had my surgery. So this would have been in like the fall of 2015. So that way, if I wanted to use like a surrogate, um, down the line to have a biological child, I could. And people always be like, oh, I didn't even think to do that. Like, that's a really, you know, I've always been very like about the future. I do want to have children one day. Um, I, you know, I initially when I was married and all that, I told myself, oh, by 30, I wanted to start looking into um, having children. Uh, and now, of course, <laughs> things have changed uh, for the better. Um, so one of the things that I see myself uh, within maybe the next five years, by 35, I see myself definitely um, starting that process of having of having children. Um, like I said, I have my sperm stored. So the best, the first um, route I would like to take is using a surrogate. And then after that, look into adopting and fostering as well, because we have, especially our, our youth um, who are sometimes getting kicked out of their homes and don't have accepting families. Yeah. So I always want to open that option up too. 
Okay, that is amazing. I think you would be a great uh, mom. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, I'm going to make sure I send them to Auntie Charlotte for the summer. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got to go to your auntie next time. Uh-uh, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Give me a break for the Dang summer. Bye. Thank you. Thank for a little bit. Um, but before you go, I just want you to know I'm going to have to screen this guy that you're dating. I'm going to have to yes. screen him. I wouldn't I'm have, have it any the other way. way. <laughs> well, I'm hoping that it continues. Like I said, it's developing really well. Um, I, it's definitely at a pace that I feel comfortable with. Uh, but, yes, this, I will have to share that with you um, and everything so that you can get into big sister mode and screen them and <laughs> interrogate them and all that stuff. But I, your your brother is there too, right? Is he stationed close by? Yeah, my oldest brother is stationed in San Diego. Um, but right oh, now okay. with the whole, he's a, uh, a diver in the Navy. And so oh. he's right now um, dealing with a lot of the COVID stuff. So he's not right. currently in San Diego. He's doing a um, a work thing. Um, but, yeah, once he gets back, you know, I'll have him here as well, which would be nice because I feel like for the most part, you know, he's been away. So it would be nice when he gets back okay. and we can kind of spend more time together. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I so appreciate you being on. It's always a pleasure. You know, we're going to chop it up every time. <laughs> yes, sis, thank you for having um, me. Like I say, anytime you want me back, just let me know. All right, you never know. You might be a a, a, a co-host going forward. <laughs> Come on, sis. Okay, I'm all for it, girl. I'm all for it. Speaking into existence, I'm all for it, sis. You just let me know. <laughs> but we are coming down to the wire. Anything you want to say? Um, before we before we sign off, yeah, I just again I just want to conclude with a big big thank you to each and every one of you who are listening. Um, thank you for the questions. Thank you for the clarifications that you wanted about about trans people. Uh, all of the questions were great. Um, it, it really means a lot to me, along with you, Charlotte, and the producers. Um, again, I just am very, very grateful to be able to stand in my truth and share my story with each and every one of you. Like I said, you can follow, um, if you have Instagram, you can follow me at MalloryJenna90, that's M-A-L-L-E-R-Y-J-E-N-N-A 90. Um, and certainly you can follow me on Instagram and I would love to hear from you all more if you have any more individual questions. And we do have another um, another um, comment in on social media. It says he needs to come on the show so we can give him the third, fourth, <laughs> and, sixth, and sixth degree because we love us the Mallory. <laughs> oh, I love y'all too so much. Oh, you all make what I do so rewarding. Uh, yes, I, you are all are not the only ones who are. Uh, grilling this guy um, or have questions and you know um, my LA people are like you know you sis you know so we got to look out for you and and make sure this is good people and everything and it just means so much to me uh, you know the people especially you know sis you know I 
sometimes I don't make the best choices when it comes to guys. <laughs> so, you know, just putting that out there. So, yeah, I'm all for anyone who wants to screen, interrogate, interview, please, because your girl don't want me going through her 30s dealing with the same thing she dealt with in her 20s. Okay. <laughs> oh. But, but that's funny. We might have to have them on because they're not playing now. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely, I will have him come out here. Uh, like I said, definitely when you have me back, we'll definitely have to kind of do a little surprise call and throw him in and kind of give him like a whoa, you know, just catch him off guard. <laughs> so, but I think you all will like him. He's definitely, um, you know, showing me definitely something that I haven't seen um, which is really great, and um, I definitely um, am liking the way that it's heading, but, you know, I'm always like, fingers crossed, we'll see how it goes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We're going to do it. We're going to do a three-way call this weekend. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Come on, sis. Yes. Come on. We'll do a whole virtual thing, and that's a whole, like, um, Facebook Messenger, whole video thing going and everything so he can see your expressions and see, like, look, I'm crazy. I will hurt you when it comes to Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, I, I so appreciate you, sis, and I love you to pieces. I love and you, I, too. I, And you know I'm going to have you back on. And wait a minute. We yes. have another. <laughs> she said, oh, okay, somebody said we need to have a four, five, 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 six way Universal call. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's let's do it. I'm telling you, we will we will set that up. And I just love each and every one of y'all. Y'all just have really put a big smile on my face as we close out this Friday night. Oh my gosh, like uh, just yeah, it's never a dull moment. Thank you, thank you, thank you, each and every one of you. Seriously. Well, all right, sis. I so much appreciate you. Like I said, love you, pieces, and I will talk to you next time. Everybody have a good night, and see you next time on what's really going on. Love you, sis. Love you, (laughs) bye, sis. All right, bye bye. It's not my fault You've been lying saying that I took away your peace Drowning by yourself, now you want to blame me Like you have no options I take your options Now I'm not the problem Man, that's on you You've been terrorizing me, yeah, I'm always wrong I knew you lost your mind when you dropped that bomb Girl, are you crazy? Yeah, you must be crazy I've been thinking lately 